Welcome to the Not AFib podcast, powered by the Journal of Emergency Medical Services. My name is Mark Flaughter. It isn't a 911 emergency, but another quiet crisis is well underway, namely the greatly curtailed ability for EMS providers to purchase replacement ambulances. An unprecedented storm of economic events has choked off the supply of new, remounted, and used ambulances that has sent prices soaring. The problem starts with an ambulance prep package that's built or not built by Ford, Freightliner, General Motors, International, or Ram. Furthermore, the global shortage of microchips has curtailed all automotive supply sharply, and the production of chassis that are used for ambulances has been hit particularly hard. Diesel, gasoline, 4x2, 4x4, all brands. The supply is remarkably short right now. Ford's E-Series, Transit, and F Super Duty, F450, and F550 chassis cabs are sold out for the 2022 model year, and many that are on order just won't be built. Freightliner International are sold out until the 2024 model year, mostly because of higher demand for commercial trucks for other segments. The lack of clear or definitive information on chassis supply is trickling down to frustrated buyers through ambulance manufacturers and their local dealers. Dealers across the major ambulance brands are telling surprised fire and EMS agencies that lead times are now 14 to 24 months for build order type one and type three ambulances. This compares with historical norms of three to six month lead times for the same vehicles. The new lengthy timelines are upending customary specification, budgeting, procurement, and replacement cycles. Uncertainty reigns across the ambulance chassis industry. It is still every, in everyone's best interest to build and deliver as quickly as possible, but people who are accustomed to furnishing answers just don't have them. Although your ambulance dealer or manufacturer should provide more information as it becomes available, be sure to use multiple sources to verify what you're told. It is important to stay aware of these market conditions to make the most informed decisions for your next ambulance. Those are excerpts of an article written by James Phillips for Firehouse Magazine in July of 2022. Today, it is my pleasure to be joined by Dean Martin. Dean is the president and owner of Crossroads Ambulance Service Sales and Service LLC. Established in 2007, they've risen to become one of the leaders in emergency vehicle sales and services in the state of Indiana. Dean has over 25 years combined service as a paramedic, firefighter, and 21 years in ambulance sales. As a whole, the Crossroads team has over 150 years in combined experience with manufacturer certifications and the skills to service all makes and models of emergency vehicles. The Crossroads core strengths are ambulance remounts, new ambulances, rescue vehicles, custom brush trucks, collision repair, and equipment upgrades. They have the resources and expertise to handle almost any emergency vehicle requirement your department may need. And it's my pleasure to welcome Dean Martin to the podcast this morning. Good morning, Dean. Good morning, Mark. How are you this morning? I am doing very well. Thank you. Um, as I mentioned, that article is from 2022. Um, so can you tell us where we stand here in February on 2024? regarding ambulance chassis and how easily it is to get them for fire and EMS agencies uh, who need to purchase? Sure, Mark. I'll tell you what um, what I know today. Um, 
we are starting to see a little bit of uh, relief in the areas of uh, chassis availability, depending on the brand. Uh, Ford uh, today, if uh, we order one, they've gone to a, um, a build by quarter. Um, we have uh, finished up or are on the tail end of finishing up our first and second quarter of uh, 2024 model year for both uh, Super Duty and E-Series uh, chassis. Uh, in fact, uh, the order banks, uh, just as of uh, about a week and a half ago, have opened up for the third and fourth quarter uh, of the 24 model year. Um, those chassis are arriving at a fairly uh, steady, brisk uh, pace uh, although, with that said, I just received information last week uh, on account of um, asked the question. We've got a several, several chassis that still have not been built, uh, and they keep getting pushed back. So I asked the question, what is going on with the uh, residual of uh, first and second quarter orders? And it was... Um, said that uh, Ford all of a sudden now has a uh, uh, engine shortage in both the diesel and the gas uh, engines. And at this point, um, we have no uh, indication when, when this is going to be uh, uh, remedied. RAM, long lead times on RAM. In fact, uh, what, what we're experiencing in the manufacturing world, whether it's uh, new builds or uh, in the remount uh, arena. Uh, RAM uh, appears to not want to work in the uh, commercial segment. Uh, they prefer uh, retail uh, sold and purchased uh, chassis. So what we are doing to combat that is direct customers to work with uh, their local dealers to acquire uh, those chassis. Uh, doing so, uh, we're seeing that they're coming through in about a four or five month range, in some cases, six months, uh, but uh, most cases that four or five months is, is uh, pretty, pretty accurate. Uh, aside from that, we have not been given any indicators or told why that is other than um, I, I will say that uh, the price from a commercial order chassis to a retail purchase chassis is jumping anywhere from twelve to fifteen thousand dollars in price. Um, you know, folks can uh, uh, formulate their own uh, conclusion as to um, you know what what RAM is doing there. Freightliner and International both have gone to an allocation process for ordering chassis. Each uh, dealer is uh, uh, based off of their size and uh, uh, purchases in the past have been given uh, certain amounts of allocations. And uh, in both cases for Crossroads in our remount segment, um, the, uh, the salesperson for the, the dealerships that, that uh, we work with uh, we stay in touch very closely as to uh, what our needs are um, on a quarter-to-quarter -quarter basis. And um, last year, we were successful in uh, getting all of the uh, 
the medium duty chassis we needed uh, this year. I'm not so sure that we're going to get uh, what is uh, needed. Um, to that end, if, if I can take that a step further, what this has done industry wide, uh, going back to when uh, all of this uh, chassis issue occurred in 2022, uh, as customers were finding out about it and, and um, salespeople were, were doing their due diligence and informing customers, um, we, we did see some frenzy purchasing going on uh, that started a uh, basically a trickle-down effect of uh, pushing out lead times. Uh, and because of uh, the uh, issues in 2022 where a majority of the chassis that were ordered were not built, uh, that compounded with the increase in orders that uh, were being seen, manufacturers have seen unprecedented uh, lead times occur and those pressures are still on today. Uh, we have not seen any relief. And in fact, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the 24 months for most manufacturers now have crept up to as high as 30 months. And depending on uh, the, the chassis uh, platform that an ambulance is to get built on can actually be longer than 30 months. So that's what we're dealing with today. Um, you know, some of the chassis, as I mentioned, are a little more readily available. And uh, most of us are sitting on a, uh, a very healthy, robust uh, inventory of chassis. But in most cases, because of those uh, lead times, all of those chassis or the majority of those chassis are already associated with an order that is just waiting for... Uh, um, it's time on the schedule as far as uh, coming into production. I see. Now, the article mentions uh, the ambulance prep package, uh, and you talked about the retail versus the commercial um, and going to dealers um, to get a chassis. Uh, do they, those commercial uh, chassis, they have the ambulance prep package as part of them, or is that something special that needs to be done uh, to the chassis when it comes off the line? That is something that uh, has to be uh, included in the order of the chassis so that the uh, OEMs are including that into their build. That is not something that can be added uh, after okay. the fact. It has to be built in. Uh, and in those particular cases where we, we are, all of our chassis that we order, um, automatically are going to have that ambulance prep package included. Um, in the case where uh, a customer is electing to retail purchase a chassis, we, and and I believe, uh, well, I know for a fact that the two manufacturer, new manufacturers that uh, uh, we are partnered with, uh, if that is going to occur, we ask to see a copy of those specs before the customer uh, orders that chassis to ensure that uh, the proper components uh, and configuration is being included in, in that bill. Um, trying to do due diligence and uh, prevent any uh, issues on the backside uh, when, when it comes time for the, the new ambulance bill. Okay. 
you mentioned the price increase. This article mentioned in, in 2022 to 2023, uh, they jumped about 25 to 30 percent. You mentioned, I think, uh, about 15,000. Is that about right? For what that you is correct. On, so on, on a, from a commercial to a retail purchase. Okay. Would that be consistent with the 25 to 30 percent? Or do you feel that those uh, that increases has gone down just a little bit in the last couple of years? I don't think it's going down. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, uh, and, and I don't believe that we're going to see any of that uh, pricing come down as far as stabilizing. Uh, we have seen some uh, stability of uh, pricing uh, in the industry. Uh, and, and there are some some uh, areas, uh, commodity pricing has stabilized and, and also has uh, slightly uh, decreased. But uh, by and large, we are not anticipating that uh, uh, pricing is going to come down on, uh, on new ambulances or even ambulance remounts. At Crossroads, you both you do both new uh, new builds and remounts. You do new sales uh, and remounts. Are you seeing a uh, a particular increase uh, in the remount market as opposed to the new new build market? Very much so. Um, with uh, uh, budget constraints uh, and um, the uh, lead time issues. Uh, we are seeing a very brisk uh, uptick in the amount of orders that are being uh, received uh, in, on the remount side. You know, pricing wise, we've seen the same percentage of increase uh, on the remount side that we have on, on new. But uh, today that uh, that margin of difference is still the same as, as what it was uh, prior to all the price increases. And the fact that, you know, some of these uh, new manufacturers are uh, at uh, anywhere from uh, 25 to 30 month uh, range. Uh, today, we're still able to get that remount turned around uh, in a quicker time manner than than uh, if uh, building a new. And every uh, remounts have its advantages and disadvantages. We'll talk about those uh, here in a minute. But um with the remount, there are also associated costs other than just the chassis and the remount. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you do a remount, you strip all the graphics and everything and reapply, repaint everything. And that has its own uh, cost increases as well. Is that correct? That is correct. So uh, the unique thing with remounts are, you know, obviously uh, the, the number one goal with an ambulance remount is put take the ambulance module and put a new chassis underneath it. The rest of it is driven by the customer's uh, desires and wants, how extensive uh, that, that remount uh, is going to be. Uh, we have customers that um, they are simply, that's all they wanna do is, is they wanna replace the chassis. We pick up the module and uh, uh, we set it onto a new chassis. And um, uh, for the most part, that's it. Uh, there's there's some things obviously involved with that, but. Uh, um, as far as the end results, a new chassis has been put under the existing module. We also have those customers that, you know, they come to us and when they want that ambulance back, they want it looking brand new. So you're talking everything from, as you mentioned, taking the graphics off, stripping the old paint. And when we do that, 
and and it varies from from shop to shop um, uh, how the process is done. But for crossroads, uh, when we re repaint an ambulance, we are literally taking everything off of that module that is bolted on, screwed on to uh, the exterior, all the way to the extent of uh, uh, removing all the door hardware and, and the doors off of the module itself. Uh, the process uh, that is utilized uh, is is very much uh, mirrors the, uh, the the new standard uh, if if a new ambulance was being built, and um, our paint finishes uh, leave here with a flat, very high gloss uh, finish. Uh, again, uh, look like it was an, a new ambulance. Um, Everything else from lighting upgrades to uh, interior modifications to, uh, you know, new vinyl, new flooring, uh, electrical changeovers, customer, you know, one of the, the issues with uh, ambulances, doesn't matter whose brand it is, um, the, uh, the, the, the service items are electrical, HVAC, and, um, you know, uh, door handles, rotary latches, and so forth. Um, so we have the capability here of uh, doing uh, electrical changeover where we're giving a customer a new electrical system. Um, and literally, like I said, um, there's a lot of times when that customer comes in for their final inspection and uh, taking receipt of their ambulance, uh, we often hear, uh, that uh, can't believe that this is the same truck. It looks brand new. Um, so there's there is a wide range, and again, as I mentioned, it is a customer-driven uh, uh, extent of uh, how in depth that remount is. The goal when I uh, assumed my position in 2006 was to get a box where we could do exactly what you're discussing. Uh, it took us a while to get here, uh, but we finally got to a point where we have a box that we like that we can use uh, remount onto a new chassis. If you can talk to us, what are the advantages uh, of doing that, of remounting uh, a box onto a chassis as opposed to just doing a whole new build uh, and making modifications uh, to the box on a new build? Sure. Um, you know, green initiatives, are are huge these days and um you know you spend a little more up front to attain uh an ambulance module that um is capable of of being remounted so you're recycling that that module um and the money that was spent up front in purchasing that ambulance initially now can be realized, even though there's costs associated, obviously, with doing a remount, but you can take and spread that cost out of the, over the lifetime of the, uh, the module even more, and that initial um, price point is uh, realized uh, over, you know, the, the, let's just say, for example, an average ambulance in the United States lifespan is eight years. Uh, so you have taken and extended that cost out over the course of 16 years versus the eight years. Uh, so, you know, you realize your, your cost savings um, 
uh, over a, a longer period of time than just uh, purchasing a, a, an ambulance, using it for however many years and then throwing it away or trading it in on, on a new one. So there's benefits uh, not only from, uh, again, spending a little more money up front for a, um, a higher quality uh, product and being able to uh, realize that uh, by doing a, a remount. So if there are people out there that are thinking, hey, this sounds like a really good idea. Maybe they're thinking about doing a new build, but now they're maybe thinking about, well, maybe we can just remount what we have. Is there a guide on how many times you can remount uh, a box onto a new chassis? Um, being the expert, I, I know that there are a lot of uh, rumors out there, but being the expert, uh, what can you tell us about remounting, how many times you can remount a box on a new chassis? So as a rule of thumb, there there is no guide. Um, but as a rule of thumb, uh, as long as that uh, ambulance module is in good condition, uh, has not been involved in an accident to where structure has been compromised, um, and uh, it's been well-maintained, uh, you can remount once. Uh, twice, depending on how frequently the, uh, the department's um, uh, turnover rate uh, is. Some departments, you know, they're, they're very aggressive with uh, trying to keep up uh, the fleet uh, and their, their turnover is higher. But if, if a department on an average is, you know, they're keeping that ambulance for, for 10 years. Uh, um, so they purchase a new one. 10 years later, they're remounting. You know, at the time that, um, you know, it comes to either replacing the truck or considering another remount, now you have to think about the fact, you know, when we do electrical changeover, we're not pulling the entire electrical harnesses out. Um, we have, but it is very uh, time consuming. You literally have to dismantle the entire interior to pull uh, a wire harness out. And, um, you know, by the time that's all done, you have to take into consideration what uh, the costs are. You know, are we now encroaching on the costs of a new? So, you know, one of the things that we're thinking at or thinking about when a customer approaches us about an ambulance that's already been remounted once is the age, the condition of uh, the structure, and also um looking at uh are, are we looking at a wiring harness that might have uh, degradation issues and how much longer are you anticipating that ambulance to be in service um with the average lifespan of an ambulance as i said being eight years and and, and that varied i mean that's an average you know you've got volunteer departments that they only see a new truck say every 15 or, or 20 years um and uh, so you have to look at the overall condition of the ambulance to determine if it's worthy of, of remounting a second time. Do we remount ambulances twice over? Yes, we do see that uh, frequently. Uh, three times over, that uh, is almost unheard of. But again, we have seen occasions where uh, department is very aggressive every three years. Um, uh, 
that truck is uh, coming in and remounting. Those are cases, you know, it's a case by case um, um, evaluation uh, that we're looking at if, if we're going to make a determination whether it's it's worth remounting more than once. So people now, whoever's out there has decided remounting is the way for me to go. Uh, their board or whoever makes the, the ultimate decision uh, wants to know, well, how much is it going to cost to remount versus buying a new ambulance? And I'm sure there's no stock answer you can give. A lot has to do with uh, what what you have done to the, the box when you have it remounted. Uh, but is there a ballpark that you can give us roughly on about how much it costs uh, or how much somebody can save remounting versus buying brand new? The rule of thumb is anywhere from a third to 50% savings uh, doing a remount. And again, that is that is driven uh, by the extensiveness of the remount. And when we did our remount, I think we came right in that range as well. Um, so uh, that 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 is the exact range that worked for us. So someone's made the decision they want to remount. What is the process when they contact when you are contacted by uh, an organization by an agency that wants to do a remount uh, of a current box on a new chassis? What's the process uh, to get started, um, and, and what do you have to do uh, in order to start uh, start this process in motion? So we like to have um, we we utilize a simple philosophy of, of eyes on the truck. Um, we want to evaluate that remount. We want to sit down with the customer. And typically um, how, how we work that is uh, if, if we do not have a dealer in the area that uh, we're partnered with um, to uh, have uh, their salespeople evaluate a truck, uh, one of us from uh, internal uh, will uh, schedule a time to uh, go to the customer and uh, we'll, we'll have them uh, formulate kind of a, a, let's just say a wish list up front uh, that they've, um, you know, their committee has put together. And then we come in and uh, we have a, an evaluation um, chart uh, that we utilize uh, that basically covers the truck from top to bottom, inside to out. And then uh, uh, also compare uh, notes with uh, what the customer is desiring to have done to that ambulance. That allows us to then come back and uh, do a very comprehensive uh, uh, quote uh, with the goal in mind that, uh, you know, we're not going to be dealing with a lot of change orders on, on the backside. However, with that said, um, with, with lead times also starting to become a factor with uh, most remount facilities, these trucks, as long as there hasn't been catastrophic failure of um, uh, chassis engine or something along those lines, these trucks continue to stay in service. And uh, what we're seeing when the ambulances finally reach our facility is that some things have changed. And in, that, in those cases, each and every ambulance prior to the teardown process uh, starting uh, is evaluated uh, by the team here. And then we report back to the customer 
um, any discrepancies uh, that were found that um, you know may not be in the order itself. When uh, you, what is the process? You you mentioned it earlier that the turnaround time for a remount uh, is obviously significantly less than for a new build. What is your average turnaround time for a remount once you ex once you get the chassis and the ambulance from which the box is going to be remounted? You get that both uh, in your possession on your property. Uh, what's the time frame uh, for turnaround until they can expect uh, a new ambulance uh, out of the process? The average is about a hundred days. Uh, once that once that project starts uh, until completion is about a hundred days. Obviously. Uh, again, it's driven by the extensiveness. For a simple up and down, uh, we can be uh, about right at 60 days, uh, but for a very extensive, for an entire repaint is taking place, uh, lots of upgrades, uh, interior modifications uh, are taking place uh, upwards of 120 days in, in those particular cases. But uh, uh, again, uh, driven very, uh, very much by uh, the extensiveness of that uh, remount. Currently, are you experiencing more customers that are having an interest in a remount or doing a new build? Because as I mentioned at the onset, you are uh, a dealer as well. And so you do new builds as well as remounts. What has been your experience on what customers want as we speak here in February of 2024? We are seeing uh, very much here the last uh, 18 months to two years uh, uh, an uptick in both uh, remounts and new sales as well. Um, to date, um, you know, we have seen a slight shift in, uh, in uh, remounts, but uh, sales has been very brisk uh, for, for both uh, sides of, of the, uh, the table here. I will say this, if I may, uh, with, with uh, new builds, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that uh, we are seeing lead times that uh, uh, can be at 30 months. Uh, in some particular cases, uh, depending the chassis, can, can actually uh, be exceeding that. And, uh, you know, we're, we're informing customers of... Um, uh, these lead times as, as they become known to us. And, uh, uh, you know, the customer needs to be asking the question and uh, they need to do their due diligence so that they can stay properly informed as well. But uh, uh, unfortunately, as within in, uh, uh, a lot of different things, sometimes uh, uh, you have uh, a salesperson that, uh, uh they they want to stretch the uh, the accuracy um, and you know customers what what we tell them is get it in writing get it in writing uh, you know if, if you've got a salesperson that is telling you something different from let's just say uh, you've you've talked to several different ones and and you've got two over here that uh, they're saying, you know, 30 months, and you've got somebody coming in saying uh, that we can get it to you in, in a year's time. That's perfectly fine. But, but uh, as a customer, do yourself a favor. 
get that in writing, back it up with a penalty clause of, you know, say $120 uh, or $100 a day uh, to make sure that, um, uh, you know, everybody's feet are being kept, you know, held to the fire. That kind of leads me into uh, my next question. Um, as I mentioned, I took this position in 2006, uh, a couple of years later, uh, went through my first process of purchasing a new ambulance. Um, it did not go uh, as smoothly as my last couple. Um, you mentioned get it in writing. What are some other things that someone who may be going through their first ambulance purchase, uh, what are some, what's some advice you can give them to make sure that their uh, experience goes smoothly and they don't end up with something that they didn't want that can't be changed uh, once it's built? Uh, again, um, you know, work, work with, you know, research different products, uh, talk to, talk to your uh, neighboring departments. Um, and, um, you know, uh, don't just, don't just stop with, uh, talking to one salesperson and unless you have an established, uh, uh, very trustworthy relationship, uh, with, with that, uh, individual or the entity that you're purchasing from, uh, but do your homework and, and uh, look at different products and, uh, you know, take note as to what's being said. Um, once that order has been placed, and again, just everything documented in writing and, um, you know, protect yourself with, with the penalty clauses. Um, and, and then as far as you know, if you have a, a product or a, an agency or a, I'm sorry, a manufacturer that you've not worked with in the past, so you're you know somewhat unfamiliar with uh, their processes, um, take the liberty to to visit the factories and in in different stages of the build to ensure that uh, you are truly getting uh, what the manufacturer or the salesperson has told you that uh, they're going to provide you. And uh, if, you know, there's discrepancies noted, and I know this is, this is a, an item of contention that a lot of times, you know, with the uh, extended lead times that are in place, you know, departments get so far into the build and now they notice that this build is not going or this is not being provided as was, uh, you know, we were led to believe that uh, we were going to receive and, there's hesitant hesitancy about backing away from, you know, severing that contract because of the fact that the manufacturer or the dealership portrayed something that is not, um, not being provided. And, um, I guess my, my, um, uh, what I'm trying to say is don't just settle. Um, you know, again, make those folks be accountable, um, uh, to you and and provide indeed what they're what they said that they were going to, um, and so often we see that uh, you know a department is is very much disgruntled at the fact that uh, they weren't provided, but because of the long lead times, uh, they don't want to sever that contract because now they're going to have to start over with with somebody else, so they end up taking it and uh, dealing with uh, a lack of uh, 
you know, whatever it is, superiority of, of uh, the quality or uh, the content was not uh, what they intended it to be. And uh, they've got this truck that they're now stuck with for uh, the next, uh, you know, eight years, 10 years or what have you. Yes. From personal experience, that can be a, uh, it can be a, a difficult pill to swallow. Switching gears a little bit, as I mentioned, uh, you started business in 2007. Um, what uh, what was the what prompted you to to start Crossroads? In 2001, I was approached uh, by a manufacturer to I was on the department at the time, and uh, I was approached by a manufacturer uh, if if I ever considered or thought about uh, selling ambulances. And uh, at the time I was on um, uh, career department and uh, I was on the apparatus committee and had taken a great deal of interest. My background uh, is uh, a farming boy and uh, being around uh, heavy machinery and equipment uh, most of my life. And uh, uh, so, you know, always uh, took an interest in uh, mechanics and uh, machinery and so forth. Um, so it was kind of a natural transition. Um, didn't necessarily consider myself to be a salesperson, but um, uh, definitely intrigued by it. And uh, I did that from uh, actually uh, finally signed on with the manufacturer uh, in 2002, sold back to direct until 2007. And then uh, my wife and I formed the dealership um, we hired our uh, first uh, service technician, and uh, today we have uh, 21 employees. And uh, uh, as Mark had mentioned earlier on in the uh, the bio information, everything from from sales to service to collision repair to uh, remounts and. Uh, um, Still enjoy what I do today. Uh, retired from the fire service, but uh, because of uh, uh, the line of work that uh, we're in, I still have contact with uh, a lot of those folks and uh, love nothing better to walk into a firehouse and uh, uh, hear the uh, uh, jabs going back and forth and the, seeing the camaraderie that uh, occurs in, in the firehouse. What some people may or may not know uh, is there is a significant amount of recreational vehicle production in uh, in and around Middlebury. Um, if uh, you have several uh, members of your of your team that have a background in that industry, tell us a little bit about what they bring to your operation with a different view from the recreational vehicle world into the emergency uh, emergency vehicle world? There, there are some similarities, uh, although the, uh, in most cases uh, in the RV world, the, the emphasis is placed on quantity. Uh, so, you know, speed uh, production, uh, you know, is, is ramped up and, and uh, you know, it's get those units out the door. Uh, but as far as uh, some of the underlying uh, experiences uh, do carry over to, to what we do here, it's just that uh, 
you know, we are driven on quality and uh, it's not uh, on, on the quantity side. So a much slower pace uh, than what is uh, seen in uh, the RV side of things. And uh, that has been uh, one of the draws uh, that we have been able to, um, you know, uh, that, that attracts uh, new employees is that, you know, some of it is, is similar work, but uh, it's just not to uh, the fast-paced scale that uh, the RV uh, manufacturers um, uh, require. I will say that uh, the, uh, the, the, the pay scale that uh, the RV manufacturers offer uh, puts a lot of pressure on us being in Elkhart County, um, which is uh, considered to be the uh, RV capital of, uh, of uh, the world. Um, their pay scale is much higher than what uh, what our market uh, or industry uh, is accustomed to. So that is a challenge or pressure that uh, we are constantly faced with. Um, but uh, you know our retention rate is is pretty high once once they're in the door here, uh, again, because of the um, quality driven versus numbers and uh, uh, smaller, shop than than what the RV manufacturers, most of those people stay with us for a long period of time. We also, unbeknownst to uh, many people, uh, Elkhart County used to have four ambulance manufacturers based right here in Elkhart County. And uh, today there's only one, uh, but uh, we have been able to capitalize and uh, retain some of those folks for many years. So we have a lot of experience in this shop that comes from um, the manufacturing side. And uh, uh, the, like I said, most of those folks have been with us for, for a long time. You mentioned that you were with a career fire department for over 20 years. What got you into the, uh, into the fire service? What, uh, what was it that, uh, that uh, told Dean, I want to be a firefighter? Um, my dad, as a okay. kid, uh, we we lived we grew up uh, a mile from the firehouse, and um, when that fire whistle went off, uh, Dad was one of these guys that was a fire truck chaser. And um, very early on in uh, my life, uh, that was uh, a desire of mine was to become a firefighter. Uh, Growing up, uh, aside from that, didn't give it much thought until uh, moved into, got married and moved into a neighborhood. And uh, the neighbor was a, uh, a volunteer EMT. And uh, uh, he came to me one uh, day and said, have you ever thought about becoming an EMT? The rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> so the EMT led to uh, becoming a firefighter and... Uh, uh, I really, uh, really enjoyed that uh, career. It just uh, 2012, I've been retired since 2012. Uh, it just got to the point with the growth in the business and uh, the uh, demands of uh, uh, the fire service that I just simply could not uh, uh, swing both schedules anymore. And, and uh, uh, I was eligible for uh, or beyond uh, eligibility for retirement at the firehouse. So, uh, we uh, did that, and uh, like I said, uh, this job still affords me that contact, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, I still enjoy uh, walking into a firehouse 
uh, when I can. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Dean, you're doing a great job up there um, because uh, I've heard before we started uh, corresponding, uh, was given your information from a couple different people who were totally unrelated. So you were doing great work because the word uh, the word is out that uh, that uh, your your shop is, is quality and we got to experience it that firsthand. Um, before I let you go. One question, completely unrelated to fire, EMS, ambulance manufacturing. Um, what's the last book that you read? The Bible. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Yep. Well, uh, for those of you uh, that want to uh, see what Dean is doing, their uh, or their website is www.crossroadsambulance.com. Once again, that's www.crossroadsambulance.com. Uh, Dean, what other social media do uh, does Crossroads have that you can share with uh, our listeners? We are on Facebook. Uh, we have uh, a very high following. Uh, uh, a number of uh, people on Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, and uh, also uh, X. Um, we are social media. Uh, media and uh, marketing um, person is uh, constantly pushing uh, information out there. And uh, the other thing is word of mouth. I can't say enough about uh, word of mouth. Uh, you know, we often are asked uh, about our marketing strategies. And uh, one of the things that uh, we believe in is if we're doing our job uh, properly, and uh, we're taking care of the customer after the sale, they're going to talk. And if we're not doing our job properly, they're also going to talk. But uh, uh, word of mouth uh, is still the, uh, the best marketing strategy and, and preferred marketing strategy for Crossroads. But uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, uh, X, and uh, LinkedIn, um, those... Uh, in addition to our uh, um, website, um, website is updated uh, frequently. Uh, those are the main methods of uh, uh, information being pushed out there. Excellent. Uh, before we wrap up, any final thoughts uh, that you want to impart upon us today? Just uh, again, um, you know, departments do your due diligence with uh, investigating, um, back up uh, any, um, anything in, in writing and, um, um, you know, remounts are a very viable. I know that uh, some departments have uh, had, you know, uh, bad experiences with remounts in the past. And, and uh, for that, I apologize that uh, there are some manufacturers out there that uh, uh, don't pay the attention to the detail that they should, but uh, remounts are a very viable uh, um, commodity to uh, departments. And uh, we highly encourage you to uh, take a look at it, uh, do some shopping around. And, uh, you know, we always say, look all you want, but uh, sign with Crossroads. Mm -hmm. All right. Excellent, Dean. Um, thank you very much for your time. I know you're very busy, uh, so I appreciate you taking an hour of your day uh, to speak with us. Um, 
If you want to follow us on social media, uh, we are on Instagram, not underscore a underscore fib underscore podcast. Once again, at not underscore a underscore fib underscore podcast. You can email us um, not dot a dot fib dot podcast at gmail.com. Once again, not dot a dot fib dot podcast at gmail.com. Dean, thanks so much for your time. Best of luck to you. And uh, we'll talk again in the future. All right. Thank you, Mark. You as well.